Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Eruk the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. Hello and welcome to the Throwin' Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Alliance. I'm Will Slattery and we have another great show lined up for you today. Joining me for our hurling discussion is Ursula Jacobs, former Wexford Camogie player, Conor McKeown of the Hell and John Brennan of the Sunday World. And I'm also joined on the line by tip legend Brendan Cummins. And Conor, I guess the league quarterfinal lineup is finally finalised after a couple of weather postponements. But I want to start maybe at the opposite end of the spectrum, awfully losing to Carlo in that relegation playoff. They had a 14-point lead at halftime and Carlo had 14 men for the second half and they still won the game by a point in Tullamore. Just another terrible day in, in a series of terrible days for Offaly Hurling. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, it's an awful thing to happen because unfortunately Hurling is the preserve of a very few counties that can play it at a particular level. Uh, so very few counties have that tradition and you, and you need that tradition to kind of s- sustain you. And Offaly have just been taken out of it. They're, they're, they're gone. They've, they've dipped beyond, um, I suppose, what, what anybody thought. But like, this isn't Kevin Martin's fault and it's not the the fault of the players who were on the pitch yesterday. This is a deep-rooted problem. I know Donald O'Cusa came out with some statistics last night on the on the RTE Highlights programme, but if you go even further back, uh, by my reckoning, the last time Offaly won a minor Leinster title was 2003. They've only been in two Leinster minor finals since the turn of the century, so that's two in 20 years. That's chronic. Like That's really, really bad, and it suggests... And I know from talking to people in Offaly and from talking to former Offaly hurlers that at, at administration level... Um, they're miles behind. They don't have a culture of um, coaching and sustaining talent and they don't have a culture when they break into the senior setup of high achievement. And for years, I think Offaly Hurling was kept afloat by, you know, um, you know, obviously you had that board team, so you had a lot of guys who were, you know, they, they drove each other on and they drove up their own standards. But like Kildare were Offaly champions last year and uh, the night they lost to Ballyboden in the Leinster semi-final, all their best players were 34, 35, 36. And the, the big the big fear with this Offaly team now is that they'll actually get worse. Because if you take Shane Dooley and you take Joe Bergen out of that team, they have no scoring forwards. And like those two men have given huge service to Offaly Hurling at a time when it has just gone on the slide. Uh, and if they go, it's hard. To, like If they don't win the McDonough Cup this year, uh, and get back into the Leinster Championship for next year. The season is a total disaster for Offaly Hurling, an absolute disaster, a mitigated disaster. And if those two players go at the end of the season and 
the team are mired in Division 2 and in the John McDonough Cup, it could be a while before we see Offaly make the climb back up because it's not happening for them at underage level. Um, they have the, the fateful field centre out in Kilcormack, but it doesn't look like the structures are in place to nurture really good young talent. And I have to say, like, I have a huge admiration for Kevin Martin and for Brian Whelan and for Joe Dooley, you know, former legends who have taken on the senior team. But it's nearly too late by the time you get to senior for those for, for those people. Like, you just, you're going to have to go back and start from scratch um, with development squads and at school level because the teams that Offaly are trying to compete against are already structured in a way to nurture their talent and Offaly just aren't. Yeah, John, it seems like a perfect storm of like not kind of putting in the grassroots the, you know, base that you need to sustain talent over a number of years while also a number of stalwarts walking away and it's just contributed to this, sorry, say we see Offaly Erling in. It's even worse than what Connor said. It's it's actually 2000. They won the underage double in 2000 and they were also in the senior final that year. They lost that. But that's the last time they won an underage title in Leinster. There's big problems. Connor hinted at administration. The Faithful Fields, it's a beautiful site, apparently. Beautiful pitches, beautiful gyms, beautiful dressing rooms, everything. It doesn't have an all-weather pitch. They built the complex without an all-weather pitch. Now, who did that? And we know from recent weekends you that it's bad. an all-weather pitch. And there's another thing about, uh, about Offaly Hurland, and it's just my theory. Maybe someone will come on or uh, contact us and deny it or whatever. But there has been a huge disconnect with Offaly Hurland people, with their county board and with their county in general, since they made the Hurland teams move to Tullamore. Burr is the capital of hurling in Offaly. It's where all the clubs are based. Your Cool Dairies and your Shinrones and your Burrs and your Belmont. That's where they're from. That's where the home of Offaly hurling is. And when they built the new stadium, it's a fabulous new stadium. It's the perfect uh, prototype for a provincial ground in Ireland. It really is first class. But they made the hurling teams, all of them. They all play their home championship and home league games down in Tullamore. And the Offaly hurling people just don't like it. And I think when that happened, a lot of people dropped out of Offaly Hurling. A lot of people who were encouraging kids just said, ah, you know, and just got out of it. And they're suffering now. And would you bet on them to win the Joe McDonough Cup now? They'd have to beat Leash. They'd have to beat Kerry and Westmeath. They have to be. They have to get to the final to get back into the All-Ireland this year. And they obviously have to win it to get promoted back into the Leinster Championship for next season. Right now, Kerry and Westmeath was a fine match yesterday. And Leash are sitting there waiting on them as well. You would not bet on them to win the Joe McDonough Cup. And with all those teams being more competitive, but let's talk about Carlo as well. Or so like it, it's a remarkable achievement for them. You know they got a great draw against Galway earlier in the campaign, and they were actually you know beaten very comprehensively by Offaly just I think a week ago. So yeah. to turn around and, and produce this comeback with fourteen men as well is huge. Look, they were against all odds, really. Uh, and look, at, I know kind of from uh, seeing Colin Bonner and what he has done, just say in WIT with the Fitzgibbon teams, he is just a master of creating such a great spirit, a unity in a setup, and. I think they pulled at every bit of kind of team spirit yesterday to come back from 11 points down and man down. They were against all odds. Offaly had beaten them the previous week and um, I just think they showed huge character. You know, they, they had leaders right across the field when they really needed to stand up, stand up and be counted. And like, yeah, maybe some of the, the goals that they got were, were poor defending from Offaly. But I think yesterday, you know, it was a massive win, massive um, a massive win for Carlo and they're going to push on and take great heart and spirit from this because look at they they're consistently improving underneath Colin Bonner and he's a good strong backroom team around him and he knows what it takes to that you know what what awfully or what Carlo need to do to to progress even further 
Yeah, we're bringing Brendan Cummins now on the line. Brendan, for you, is it a case or is the big kind of talking point from that story yesterday, is it awfully how far they've fallen or is it Carlo and their continued rise? Well, I think you just have to say about Carlo, first of all, as being the winners like I've, I've seen playing against Carlo last year in the Joe McDonough and in Division uh, 2A. You know, they've been a fantastic story coming up from Christy Ring a couple of years back. And while everybody, I suppose, is lamenting, I suppose, how poor Offaly have gone, Offaly can take a leaf out of the Carlo book you know, and that they were in Christie Ring three years ago, off the face of the Hurling planet. Nobody really cares what happened in a lot of ways in 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 the in Carlow Hurling, knowing that as you look, they'd be competitive. But they got a group of players together who decided, right, we're going to make a change and a difference, and they've done that. You know, and they've they've really reaped the rewards now of all the effort they've put in. As for Offaly, yes, it is obviously a huge thing for them, and that has touched on it there. There's no guarantees that Offaly win the Joe McDonough. On paper, they look like the strongest team in it. But at the moment, the confidence in those players must be on the floor. We're all talking about them. You know, they'll really feel that they've let the county down. Now, they do have an opportunity of, of redemption, we'll call it, in the Joe McDonough. But having said that, if it goes wrong, if they lose the first two games in the Joe McDonough, which is potentially could happen, they're facing the Christie ring then. And then, I'll tell you, we're going to have some conversations then because that, that competition in Joe McDonough is serious stuff. Every weekend, it's a bit like what the Munster Championship is like. Any one of the teams could go and uh, the trapdoor is really, really serious if you lose two or three matches and that to, to go down another tier of hurling really does put you in the doldrums. The, the one thing there, Brendan, you mentioned about Carlo coming from nowhere, in a sense they have, but there were little green shoots as well. Do you remember they got to a Leinster minor final about eight, nine years ago? They played Kilkenny and played quite well for a long time. They Mount Leinster got to the All-Ireland Club final. There were little things happening in Carlo. There is no sign of those green shoots at all for Offaly. What Connor was saying about the cool dairy lads last year, all their better players being their older players, like that's not good. No, it's not. And I think they may have to go down the road. And we'll probably see the ambition of the of the Offaly County Board and everybody who's associated with Offaly Hurland once they get this Joe McDonough out of the way. Because at this stage, like I said, they must be sentenced as well. This could go really pear-shaped. If they can get to Joe McDonough final, uh, maybe get into preliminary All-Ireland quarterfinal at that stage in the game, then they can start having conversation. Kilkenny did it, I think, because below Langton, they called in all the ex-players and they said, right, we need you to take charge of different areas or divisions or whatever way they're going to do it to try to infuse a bit of confidence and belief into the younger players. And I think that's probably where it's going to have to go and awfully. It will be slow to turn the ship and everybody will be panicking and going mad and probably rightly so based on where they're at now in the in the league, relegated down. Um, but at the same time, they're going to have to put a plan together, call it a five-year strategy, whatever it is, absolutely commit to it and try to turn this thing around because where Offaly's at the moment is no good for any of us who have any passion for hurling at all. Yeah, just on that, I was actually talking to Nicky Brennan yesterday in Wexford Park and he was talking about Kilkenny doing exactly that. And when they did it was at a time when I think Kilkenny had gone seven years, won one Leinster title. And they basically engaged, as far as I know, some 20-something former All-Ireland winners in the county and asked them to take teams at various different levels and bring them all the way up. And you can you can draw a straight line graph between that and when Brian Cody's team started winning All-Irelands. And even if you want to switch codes, the Dublin County Board did the exact same thing a, a few years ago. They went and they got in touch with the people like Desi Farrell, people like Kieran Whelan, people like Jason Sherlock, former players, Paul Griffin. And they didn't ask them to take over the 21s or the minors. They asked them to go back and take a development squad and bring them all the way up. And by the, and I, you know, you could say it's coincidence because it's a small enough sample size, but I don't think it is. I think the direct line between 
engaging with an awful lot of former players at that level to take over um, development squads and the eventual success of senior. I think that's it's a pretty fluid. Yeah, it's a lot of valid points, but the, I guess the question is, there doesn't seem to be an appetite in Offaly for for that sort of no, radical and, change. And, and, and the same thing as well. I know from talking to f- some former Offaly players as well, um, some of them don't seem to have a great. Uh, relationship with the administrators in the county that they're not being brought in and they're not being engaged um, with a view to improving Offaly Hurling. How in the name of God do you build a place like to have down in Kilcormac without putting an all-weather pitch in? That means it's useless for two months of the year. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, fellas. Well, one of many problems in Offaly Hurling at the moment. But um, it, it's so blatant, it's ridiculous. What, what was the problem? Was it a lack of finance? Was it a lack of foresight? Was it a lack of whatever? Well, but, I'm convinced that God hates Hurling because the, the, the weather yesterday was absolutely apocalyptic down in Wexford Park and it was a Parnell Park the previous Sunday and it was apocalyptic and the days between it I'm and not the going to the game you're going to next the, Sunday the glamour of being a GA reporter um, we'll just move on maybe to some of the other games Brendan obviously it was a great win for Tipperary got them into a league quarter final and now a home game against Dublin so all of a sudden things are looking up and it looked like the week that the team did in Spain already paid a bit of dividends because they, they looked like they had a lot of energy against Cork they did, yeah, and I think Dean Sheedy mentioned these post-match interview, play through the lights, and I think if Tipperary mm. are going to have any success this year, they will have to play from full-back to centre-back to midfield, get it inside the opposition, opposition 65, and then put the ball in. Niall O'Mara, I thought, gave a, a fantastic display at centre-forward. He was buzzing around the place. He was Tony Kelly-like, getting on the ball, looking up, and giving precision ball. Like, it's one thing, we said it on this programme couple of weeks back is one thing having fantastic fouls but the ball has to go in shoulder high or lower and when it does now Cork on the other side Cork were back up to the form they were against Clare earlier on in the league Clare got a load of chances didn't convert uh, but if you give Tipperary a chance to plant their feet and look up then you're going to get absolutely hammered and that's what they got the weekend so I think Cork really showed the ambition they had in the league. I don't think Neem Sheedy's going to be reading a huge amount into what happened um, in Christering Park yesterday. But he will take from it that his team can play and hopefully they'll get a bit more confidence. And obviously that training camp has uh, has proved Tiberi really well because they played the ball the way like oh, I would love to see Tiberi play. And when we're, at, we're, when we're at our best, and that swagger the hips of shaming when he's up along the sideline under the stand and pinks the ball over the bar, you know, all that kind of stuff was there. But now we're going to have to look for consistency in it. And Dublin's another good stepping stone because they'll come to Turles now, all guns blaze. And it's a free hit as far as they're concerned to see where they're at before they go into the Leinster Championship. And, uh, you know, so it'll be a really, really competitive physical edge to that game. And it'll be interesting to see how the Tipperary lads respond to that. But, no, the steps are all in the right direction for Tipperary at the moment now. Yeah, Ursula, it's interesting, Liam Sheedy's comments after the game, he, he praised his players for the heroic work they'd put in, he said, in Spain the week before. So it sounded like the performance was almost in spite of the work they'd done because they actually worked so hard. It was more with a view to the summer rather than the immediate uh, future. So it looks like he's put in a good bank of work already for, for later in the year. Yeah, and I think, you yeah, know, Sheedy's message throughout the league has been consistent. It's building towards, you know, the championship in May. Look, they had a great start to the league against Clare and then they finished on a high yesterday as well. You know, they had a couple of narrow point, you know, one point defeats to, you know, Wexford uh, and Kilkenny. And I think they showed really what, you know, 
Tip Harlan is all about the precision in their passes yesterday, the team play, the spread of scores. You know, there wasn't a reliance on one player. You know, there was different leaders standing up. Look, we've seen Michael Breen coming back to the farm that we know, you know, he's capable of. Uh, you know, Seamus Callan maybe playing a different role yesterday than we, we usually expect. And then Jason Ford, you know, he had a great year last year and backed it up again. And then you have the new guys like the Jake Morrises, Nyla Maris, and the strength of bringing in a few of those under 21 winners from last year as well is not only going to help the panel but strengthen the team as well because look we all know Tip are well able to hurl there's never been that denying fact it's just trying to bring it all together uh, getting good link up play from defence and then bring it on in attack but they're definitely going to be there you know thereabouts in the in the summer months Yeah Connor. one thing we talked about just before we started was in, I thought was interesting was I guess the construction of the, full, the forward line the full forward line in particular you know you have Jason Ford and Seamus Callan two phenomenal players but they do play fairly similar roles when they're really effective and at their best so it's really, it's an interesting dilemma for Liam Sheedy how he lays out those guys Yeah I I, I, like, I think they're both at their best when they play in the same position but obviously to get them both in the team you can't do that and I think maybe Shamey might be a bit more versatile um, I might be reading that wrong than Jason Ford as in you could probably get more out of Shamey Callan on the wing than you can out of Jason Ford and it's the same question with the freeze I know Shamey Callan started off the league taking freeze but Jason Ford you just get the feeling that if he does take the freeze and he gets a couple of points early on in the game and a couple of handy frees he finds his range puts really quick puts up huge totals yeah. he really does you know, and you have bubbles in that forward line as well who I think when you're not kind of relying on bubbles to, to, to give it to you he, he produces something incredible so um, it, it, it's a I know it, it's it's an incredible arsenal of talent, and there's so much variation in that attack. And I, I'm not sure it's necessarily about finding the balance because the, 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 there's so much fluidity now to to hurling and, and to attacks in terms of moving in through the lines. But I think you know if you're going to play Jason Ford and Seamus Callan, um, I think Ford needs to do most of his hurling very close to goal. And I think to maximise. The, the, the talents of the two players it looks as though you need to have him on the freeze Yeah Brennan just to bring you in on that like, which way do you think Liam should lay out his forward line do you think Seamus or Jason is more effective in a particular area? I think it's going to be a, a problem Dan McCormick is going to fix a huge amount of problems for Tipperary uh, because Dan is a combative player he's get on the ball he'll do all the hard work I'm not so sure about Jamie Cannon playing out uh, and the half forward line because the modern half forward the modern 10 needs to be more like a 5 or a 7 than they are a 10, you know, and I don't see Shamey back in his own full back line clearing ball up where I could see Jason Ford doing it. He's got the ability to do it. He's got the engine, I believe, to do it. The question is, he got the desire to do it. And I think as the year goes on and as the Munster campaign goes, I think he's going to have to give a spell out in the half-forward line in order to get get in on the team. So a lot of players, you see Keane Lynch, he sacrificed a lot of his game to ensure that Limerick would be better um, you know so I think that's where Jason Ford will have to go Bubbles would probably I'd say is more of a in, playing in the corner um, than, than the work rate that you'd expect at 10, 11 or 12 but in a way Tip do have an embarrassment of riches but the, still the question is going to be on the Tipperary back line can they deliver the right ball into that forward line because we don't need it going in 60-40 or 70-30 because I don't think they're going to win enough bulk of those ball but once it goes in shoulder high and that's the real key to whoever plays in the forward line for Tip if the supply is anyway right like you said earlier Jake Morris and those lads they'll absolutely take you apart but the supply is the, is the key By the way Brendan what's going to happen next week when Kilkenny play Cork both teams will surely want to lose it because of the way the National League is structured next year 
Uh, if Cork win it, they walk themselves into a mini Munster championship with Galway. All the Munster teams are in one side and all the Leinster teams yeah. are on the other. <laughs> it was supposed to spread all the top teams out, but Waterford's late goal yesterday messed it up completely. Had Waterford not lost that game, the teams would have been nicely spread out. But because they, they won it, they threw Waterford and Galway onto one side and Dublin and Leash onto the other. And it... Uh, it really, there's nothing in it for Kilkenny and Cork to win this match. They both will, will look at next year's fixtures and say, we don't want to win this, we want to be in the losers group. <laughs> so I, I don't... You, I, you had to do it. And, huh? the, and the league quarterfinal is thrown up, Munster teams playing each other, Leinster teams playing each other, so there's a lot more shadow boxing going to go on next weekend in that game as well. But just to focus on that, that will say the... I wouldn't call yeah. it a relegation, whatever, to see where you are in the pecking order. I think yeah. Cork had made laid out their guards very early on the league here. They had no interest in it. It's like a, a slow walking race at this stage <laughs> now is what this game is going to be. Um, I think knowing Brian Cody, he'll want to win. And if he can win it by seven or eight points, well, then we'll play whoever he wants us to play next year in the league. If that's the way he'll see it. I said John Milo will say to himself, well, look at your what harm about it. I'll train the lads again on Saturday like I've done the previous Saturdays. I'm sure they have. I mean, James Harney doesn't slap a fella back unless he's contrary because he's tired. Um, you know, so all that stuff, I'd say, would feed in. I don't see Cork having a major amount of interest what's going on at right. the weekend now and I'd expect Kilkenny to win it. The interesting thing about the game, we, we, we said to Brian Cody yesterday in Wexford Park about the match and he, he informed us that Kilkenny County Board had been contacted by somebody in the GAA and they'd been asked whether they were happy for a, t- a coin toss or, or to draw lots to decide who went into which division for next year and to not play the game because it, it's, it literally has no meaning. And he basically told us that they were in favour of that. And then he was informed that Conor Delaney straight red card, if there's no match uh, against Cork next week, <laughs> in the championship. He'd, he'd be suspended for the game against Dublin in Nolan Park. And the same with Seamus Harnady. If, if, if that game wasn't to be played, yeah. Harnady yeah. would be suspended for the tip. So a gentleman's agreement to go so, ahead. Uh, no, I'd say Brian Cody and John Minor. Absolutely delighted to have the game going ahead next weekend, uh, and they'll do their yeah. best to shoot a few wides. But I think it's a dangerous game. Parker <laughs> playing with fair enough. They're not putting a big emphasis on the league, but I think you have to grow in confidence with winning matches too. And I'm not saying I know that the circumstances with the league games this year has been different. There's not the same, you know. Yeah, you can't get relegated. But yeah. I just think you know, going into championship, you want to have some confidence that you've been, you know. Uh, you, you know they had a big loss against Tipley yesterday I wouldn't be happy if I was John Myler whether or not they're not putting much focus or emphasis on the league they still don't want to be losing games by 13 points yeah, to be to- outscored, totally agree with George Lee you can't flick a switch when no. you can't but 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 everyone in Cork they are the double Munster champions and each year they've gone in and lost not in controversial circumstances, but in very narrow circumstances. They could have beaten Waterford two years ago. They could have beaten Limerick. Should have, would have, should have beaten Limerick last year. All they want this year is the All-Ireland. Yeah, I know, yeah. but trying to get out of Munster, you can't jump three steps ahead before no. they have to worry about actually getting out of Munster. Their first match is tip they... at home, and John Myler better know how to hit that switch to turn them into the champions of last year. Because yeah. if, the, if, if they lose that game, Brendan, they're in trouble straight away. They've only one home game left. Yeah, right. and you could say also the counter-argument to that is that Tipperary played in the last two National League finals and it was an absolute hole in Tipperary for the rest of the summer. <laughs> yeah. That Galway game below in Limerick was an absolute disaster. And then below Nolan Park last year, and we said, oh, Tipper back now, we're all flying, we're all going home, this Bang. is great, the old Tipper's back. 
bang, can Kenny win by a pint with a with, with a team that would have said that his tip should be hammering them. Yeah. And next thing you have it, players, I think what happens is that players will believe what the manager tells them. If the manager tells them, right, lads, we're focusing on the Munster Championship, we're going to run the life out of you all the way during the league, we'll play a match on Saturday, do your best on Sunday, then the player goes, you know what? When the championship game comes, the whole world is going to see why we were doing all the slogging each other in February, March and into April. And I think that's what the key for Cork is now. They're looking, they don't care about the league. They've written it off and said, fine, look, whatever happens in that, don't worry about it, lads. Our focus is playing Tipperary in the first round championship in Cork. And when Pocky Keeve is full, nobody will remember that Tipperary won by 12 points. No one even cares about what happened yesterday. It's all about what happens in, in, in Pocky Keeve when Tip arrive into town in ne- May. Never mind it being full, Brendan. Will it be open? Ah, they'll get some kind of a pitch together. We, we don't mind in Tipperary this day. We'll play them in the car park after oh, the big win yesterday. Oh, oh. But um, no, they will have it. They'll have it right. I believe they will have it right. Uh, but I just hope they have it right long term, not just for one or two matches. And um, yeah, it was a mess the last time, but surely to God they'll get the two bob together to fix the pitch. And so just moving on to the game at Wexford Park then, it was a good comeback win for Wexford, albeit in outrageous weather conditions yeah. that Connor alluded to earlier. So I don't know how much you could take from it, but there's been a couple of games in the league now where Wexford have shown really good fight back in the second half to get results. Or to, I think they pushed Clare really close yeah. after coming from a, a big deficit. So encouraging signs, at least from that perspective. Definitely. And I think Davy Fitzgerald, you know, really even in his post-match interview, you know, alluded to that, said, look at the, the fighting spirit that Wexford showed, uh, but they backed it up with some super scores and, you know, defensively they were very strong and only keeping Kilkenny to two points. I know the conditions were atrocious. It was the same for both teams. Uh, Wexford Park on a, on a normal day can be windy, so, let, you know, yesterday's conditions was fierce, tough. But one of the things that I was most happy as a Wexford supporter and watching the way Wexford was, pl- was playing was... For once, you know, it wasn't just maybe one or two players. Uh, there, there was a spread of scores, but also the few guys that came in off the bench. It's something that Wexford, I feel, uh, have been lacking in the last couple of years that we haven't had maybe the impact subs coming in yesterday. Now, I know on a given day, probably Paddy Foley will be starting D. O'Keefe. Cottle Dunbar is on and off. But yesterday, all those guys came in and got vital scores to push on that win for Wexford. Um, and also another encouraging sign, Lee Chin, you know, would have been well spoken about last year. He was probably off farm in some games and hadn't, you know, reached the highs of the previous year. But yesterday it was his work rate, like he got three points from play, but it was his work rate and coming back deep into uh, Wexford's own half to win balls. He he won the vital ball for Wexford to go ahead to lay it off to D. O'Keefe. I just think for Wexford to have a promising summer, he's going to be key to this. Um, and then you've the likes of Rory O'Connor, who you know had some great scores again. Um, and I just think Wexford, you know, they do need to push on this year. You know. They had a fairly limp exit to the championship last year against Clare. So, look, they've Galway this weekend, a repeat of last year's quarterfinal. So, uh, Davey, I think it's important for Wexford to, to win this game on Saturday. I think they're going to be all all out to win it. Uh, but it's going to be tough, obviously, over in Galway. Yeah, Connor, I was reading Dave Fitzgerald's quotes in the, in the end there in front of you. And uh, he he was asked about whether he wanted to win the league mm. after he the game. He brought it up himself. Yeah, you, can, was, you can talk uh, through it. He said, I was listening to the radio last night and they were saying that I'm desperate to win the league. Lads, I couldn't give it F uh, and I, I mean he might have been asked a question about a substitution like he was determined to talk about the fact that he didn't care about the league but um, 
like I, I'm not so sure that Davy really does care about the league that he really does want to go and win it but the fact was they were playing Kilkenny yesterday and the fact is they're going to play Kilkenny again in the Leinster Championship this summer and it's going to be a big game and there were all sorts of markers laid down yesterday all over the pitch it was a hugely physical game um, and Wexford won an awful lot of the, those physical in- battles those interactions it was a tough day for Alan Kelly to referee the game because there were sporadic little outbreaks of and nothing particularly bad but on a day like yesterday it's a hard game to referee but it came down very simply to the fact that with the wind Wexford used it far better than Kilkenny did and against the wind Wexford a different league altogether Kilkenny's only scored two points against the wind um, and it wasn't as if tactically Wexford had their number like in the first half playing into the wind Mark Fanning took every puck out short to Darren Bourne until the 24th minute and they tried to run the ball out of defence and Kilkenny had the middle tour completely clogged up so they were being turned over every single time but in the second half then like as Orsa says Lee Chin I thought had an incredible game just foraging for ball and with his long range point scoring as well uh, I thought Roy O'Connor had an exceptional yeah. game as well and as you said D. O'Keefe and the couple of lads that came in off the bench but it was like it was an impressive victory for Wexford yesterday like however however far along they are in their preparation they were a far better prospect yesterday than Kilkenny were um, and like you know Kilkenny definitely do have their problems you know um, like this game next weekend I'm not so sure that it's worthless for Cody because like players were taken off like um, like Jeremy Malone was blocked down he was taken off straight away Billy Ryan was taken off after being dispossessed you know they coughed up very un-Kilkenny like mistakes um, and it's not as if Bally Hale are going to contribute 10 players to this Kilkenny team like they have a few players to come back but they do need some of yesterday's team to actually step up and make their championship team because um, I suppose Liam Blanchfield did have a yeah, promise in first yeah, half yeah. he did cause a lot of problems for Darren Byrne full back you know his goal was good and he was you know he's a strong physical yeah. player I think if he can get the, you know having a target player in around the full forward line can be vital for Kilkenny because they need ball winners like Wexford did outfight him yesterday they won most of the dirty balls or the uh, you know the breaking tackles or whatever um, and I think Cody will be very disappointed with that because that's something we associate with mm. Kilkenny you know their, their strength and their skill obviously but you know they're usually the ones getting in and winning the hard hard fight you know fight of a ball but yesterday Wexford overturned them time and time again and you know, Davey will be delighted Somebody with Somebody told me yesterday that they were talking to some member of Wexford management the first day when Alan Kelly called the game off and they were delighted because they said, well, sure, wouldn't Kenny love to get their hands on us on a day like that? Yesterday was a day exactly like the day when the game was called yeah. off and they, they, they wouldn't say they necessarily blew them out of it physically, but... Wexford attacked every single man that moved and there were an awful lot of anonymous Kilkenny hurlers yesterday. Yeah, Brendan, is there anything big to take away from the game yesterday? Obviously, as, as Ursula alluded to, you know, there's been years where Davy Fritz has gone really gung-ho for the league and like in his first campaign this year is probably a lot less than that. And for Kilkenny, you know, I remember two weeks ago, people were, after they had a good win, a lot of people were saying that, you know, he sounded his full back and there was a lot of promising signs on the team. Now, we've kind of swung back a bit the other way. Uh, yeah, it is. There's going to be ebbs and flows anyway. I think a lot of us probably get a little bit carried away during matches when one team wins. It's kind of the heroes that they lose. The other crowd are, are finished for the rest of the summer. But I think my takeaway from the weekend for Davy was that every time if you're wearing a extra jersey and you play a fellow wearing black and amber, you beat him. And you get used to beating him. So that when they play him later on in the summer, the fear factor is gone out of Kilkenny jersey. And I think that's what he's trying to do. Davy knows the psychology of the game. I mean, I know myself sitting inside before we played Kilkenny in a couple of bars and you'd be going, oh my God, what's going to 
happen next year. But those Wexford players now are, are in a lot of ways used to, to playing Kilkenny and used to beating Kilkenny. No matter where it is, they try to beat them. And, uh, you know, that'll give them a huge confidence, especially coming from behind. You know, Kilkenny, it's not their normal game to run the ball through the lines playing against the wind and all that. So I wouldn't have expected them as well to do major things playing against the breeze, whereas Wexford, it is their natural running game to play more of a football-style game and to work it up the pitch. But either way, Wexford Park say, is, a, is a forces really for, for, for Wexford now, you know, and they've done really, really well. And the job Davy has done there, when you think of what Wexford were like last year when they played Watford afterwards, a couple of weeks after the game, they were saying, well, that's the end of Davy now. And you see him yesterday, by he was back larger than life on the sideline, beating Kilkenny again. So, you know, there is a lot of kick in Wexford. I do think they need to finish in the top two in Leinster this year now. I think that's the real ambition, I'd say, is what Davy has. Great stuff, Brendan. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. So, John, I guess the, the last kind of big game of the weekend was Waterford versus Galway. And I think Colin Key summed it up well in his report. He said that it's the best way to understand this game is just by talking about the weather to begin with. Yeah. It was another game that was completely dictated, really, by conditions. Waterford mm-hmm. 10 points down at halftime against the wind and the rain and, all, and what have you. And I get an injury time goal now to, as you mentioned, to kind of really upset the apple cart for next season. Completely and utterly and... Uh, the one performance I'm not just Plowmouse and Brendan because he's gone now but the one performance I take out of yesterday is Tipperary's it was excellent they really looked as though they were back to some of the best all the other games including Waterford Clare I wouldn't be getting wound up about them because in that wonderful old cliche they were all games of two halves like it didn't really bother Carlo having 14 men yesterday because they didn't need all 15 the tip the Offaly puck out was only going about 30 metres they couldn't get out of their own half Kilkenny scored two points uh, I don't know what uh, what do you call them scored yesterday um, Calway got two as well two as well in the second half like with all the talent they have so it they were games of two halves uh, Joe Canning's assist though must be one of the greatest assists of all time oh it was incredible taking yeah. on three players running into <laughs> it and then, then, and then to flick, it off, flick it off to Hurley just with his wrist actually wrist, flicked yeah. up incredible uh, pass yeah. great score and what about next weekend Connor? now we have an unusual situation where we have uh, you know the three you know hurling quarterfinals we have Dublin tip Galway Wexford and Clare Woodford we have I think 16 uh, football division uh, one, two, three, and four games, and we have that kind of relegation phony war. That's twenty games on Saturday night and just the two club finals on the Sunday. So very bizarre weekend and busy for a GA correspondents. I guess it is. The, the, the hurling quarterfinals are very, very strange because we knew this year if the league wasn't quite going to be a phony war, we certainly knew going into it that because of last year and the lessons that managers learned that. Different teams were going to be hard to read and their performances were going to be hard to analyse because different managers have different agendas, put it that way. But every manager knew they were playing up until last weekend, whereas not every manager would have factored in a league quarter final. So I wouldn't be surprised if teams, I'm not saying teams are going to take a dive, but you know. You've seen it over the years though, haven't you? Yeah, like, like you, know. you have in certain games where you see a team go 12 points up in a, in a league quarter final and lose by two or three, and you say, How did that happen? You know, whereas there's like, there's, there's teams with different agendas. Like the, the, the Tipperary Dublin game yeah. will be t- between two teams who want to keep going. There's no doubt about that. For Dublin's development, they have to play more teams of a standard. Um, and they will keep winning as long as they possibly yeah. can because they're playing a very it's, consistent... It's Galway-Wexford, which I'm looking at and thinking, like, who yeah. who wants to go forward there? Like, I don't think that either David Fitzgerald or Michal... want to go forward to play Limerick because that's who they're playing. I think they do, yeah. I think yeah. That, that that training camp would have been very strategically planned, I would yeah. imagine. And I would imagine that it's no coincidence that they were so polished in their hurling yesterday against Cork yeah. and that they will take every opportunity to go and win games between now and whenever else. Because what you do, like you go out yeah. and have the high of 
giving Cork a shellacking and then all of a sudden you're back in front of your own people and and lose lose, to Dublin you lose to Dublin in Tipperary because you don't try that's not going to be that's not going to be a thing but I wouldn't be surprised if either Michal Dunhill or David Fitzgerald last last next Sunday or on Saturday and wasn't particularly I I think there is a little bit more importance for Wexford winning I think Wexford are craving so much to be in those semi-finals finals Uh, you know I don't think Wexford as a county can be like ah yeah sure if we get to a quarter final there is a certain amount of pressure and expectation in Wexford this year to win some form of title whether that's a Leinster title Mm. league title um, I do think there probably is a greater emphasis from the Wexford side more so than Galway to the Mursla with with Limerick on the other side of the draw they've got the winner of Clare and Waterford which is a match that they would say oh yeah we'll have a bit of that you know Mm. suddenly now a national title is in sight and for for Galway they operate so under the radar at this time of year in 1B like Michal Dunhu doesn't seem bothered in any way shape or form did they well so the promotion didn't really apply this year I know yeah. But, yeah. but just in general he doesn't really take it that seriously he no. only had six players of his All-Ireland team playing no. in Waterford yesterday no he, he he's all about getting back to All-Ireland yeah. every, well not that every of course everyone wants to win the All-Ireland but you can have like for instance for Dublin for Matty Kenny it was important this year to have a good league and they've had they've actually ended up topping the division so he's had a good league and he needed to get a few players back and a few players together for him the league was important for one or two other teams like Cork and Galway now nah, get it out of the way when's the first championship match May the 12th here we go yeah, a lot of it comes down to like like we, a lot of it comes down to I think which counties have local club championship matches penciled in for April because yeah. last year Tipperary and Dublin were actually the two teams that got hammered because of that because Tipper- yeah. Tipperary had two rounds of club championship in so football and hurling in Dublin they had two rounds so you had Pat Gilroy who was trying to build a team that had been hammered all through the league and had none of the cooler players until about four weeks before the start of the championship so you know if 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 your if your county board has granted your inter-county manager three, four, five weeks of a clean build-up without having to release players back to the clubs I would say yeah no problem keep going in the league and get what you can out of it but if you know you're going to be losing your players at that stage you have to get that bank of training done and mm-hmm. And like, there's no time like the present. And, and just a word on Dublin, they, they top 1P, which is a fair achievement. Yeah. And I know you would have seen a lot of their games. They haven't really been on TV that much. So people might know where they are at after, you know, Maddie coming in instead of Pat Gilroy. Like, I, I, just looking at the score lines alone, they haven't really been that convincing, I guess, in some of the games, but they've still got a fair yeah, few They have a very good defence, a very good back seven. And it's basically the same back seven that Pat Gilroy picked last year. Yeah, they have a strong half back line, a very strong full back line. The really impressive thing was that they beat Waterford in that game because Dublin conceded one goal in the Leinster Championship last year the next lowest concession in the entire provincial championships was four so they don't leak any goals and against Waterford they conceded four and three of them were very soft individual mistakes but they still found a way to win it their attack is kind of slowly coming to life Danny Sutcliffe is back at a level that he was before he went off under Jerry Cunningham Liam Rush has kind of settled down as a ball winner up front Eamon Dillon is back after being injured and he's a source of goals there's probably one or two spots that still need to be nailed down and they'd love to have Mark Schutte and Connell Keeney back from injury to play a bit of league hurling before summer starts, but they're slowly making progress. Um, and if they could put in a big performance this weekend, it would stand them in really good stead because Dublin have Carlo away at this year's Leinster Championship. Uh, they would probably bank on winning that. And they have a huge game on, I think it's May the 11th against Wexford mm. in Parnell Park. That game is enormous. That could be the difference between yeah. one of those teams making the top three not. and, and yeah. not getting into in fact, the it team. Probably at all. Will. It, it probably will. Yeah. It probably will. The tiebreakers head to head. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be that's yeah. going to be a colossal, colossal game. Um, and I think home advantage is a huge thing there. So for so for Dublin to continue that, because I think Dublin are definitely going somewhere under Matty Kenny. He's a really, really impressive manager. But it's just 
if they can get far enough to beat because it's going to be I know people talk about the Munster Hurling Championship and rightfully so after last year but Leinster's going to be brilliant this year as well yeah. it's going to be a dogfight like Wexford have been unfortunate this year they've got Carlo at home yeah. with all due respects to Carlo you want Carlo away mm. uh, unfortunately Wexford have got to go to Kilkenny and they've got to go to Dublin it is going to be really hard for them. They're going to have to win one of those they two matches. Kenny and Wexford Park. Kenny and Wexford Park and Galway and Dublin yeah. away. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, like, then, I, wouldn't be I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Kilkenny won Leinster and I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if they didn't make the top three. Like it could yeah. happen. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. If, if, like they're, they, they have uh, they problems and as, as, as Connor says there's not that many ballet. There's a couple of superstars but a couple, not not a whole team, not seven players to come back into that yeah. Kilkenny team when Ballyale come back. But I think the problem is like there's no there's no uh, there's no guarantees about Killian Buckley coming back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's struggling with injury. Richie, Richie Hogan's Hogan. only been out getting yeah. out for the last nine ten minutes. So like you look yesterday, Walter Walsh will hang on in there. Liam Blanchfield will hang on in there. Obviously TJ will come back one or two more. But you're looking at John Donnelly, Colin Billy Finley, Ryan. Maybe. Martin Callahan, Jarrett Malone, like Jared two or th- two or two or three of them will have to start this summer, you know. Yeah. And 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 what I suppose what Cody's been looking for the last few weeks is a couple of them to consistently perform. And while they've all had moments and spells during the league, I don't think there's any of them you can say has put in five really strong performances. Well, lots of interesting things to mull over. But Ursa, we'll move on to Camogie. Uh, yeah. Could Kenny uh, Cork, you know, renewing their rivalry at the weekend? Could Kenny come out on top now, going for four league wins in a row, which would be a huge achievement? Oh, massive! And look at they just seem to be able to consistently uh, pull out the big performances at this time of the year. Look, I, I think Polly Murray would probably be disappointed with maybe how their second half, in particular, yesterday went. But uh, Kilkenny, you know, will be really thrilled. There was again the weather conditions. You know, they were against a strong wind in the first half, but would have been happy enough only going in uh, in at the break a point down um, and I think the, the, the most impressive thing about Kilkenny yesterday was after the break they got six points uh, in quick succession and you know held Cork to only two points in the second half look we know the talent that's in Cork and they're, they're in in All-Ireland champions but uh, Kilkenny defensively were very very strong one of the kind I suppose stand out uh, moments from yesterday's game was Anne Dalton positioned at centre forward we're probably getting more accustomed to a senior you know being, playing the sweeper role centre back for Kilkenny but yesterday she had a magnificent display she's a brilliant player she got four points from play uh, and set up an awful lot of scores as well so it's going to be interesting to see will they continue to you know play her in the more kind of attacking role um, I think they will miss her maybe later on in the championship if she isn't in the centre back position I think that's her probably best position but look, yesterday it worked a treat for her. And in contrast, in the other semi-finals, with Kenny going for four league wins in a row, Limerick have now lost five, I think, semi-finals five, in a row. Yeah, five semi-finals. That's not a record you want. <laughs> no, and I suppose uh, looking on at Limerick, they're kind of a, a frustrating team because they have the capability to beat a big team. They they beat um, Cork in the Munster final two years ago. They narrowly lost to Kilkenny in the last round of the league, and then they just somehow it's a lack of inconsistency. I don't know what it is, but they seem to you know have good days, bad days they just can't seem to get consistently going and again it was something I would have spoken about last week the over um, over reliance on Neve Mulcahy you know they only got four points from freeze yesterday and it was all Neve. so it's trying to pull some of the other players some of the other leaders that are well able to play uh, and just getting them performing on the bigger day but like Declan, Declan Nash is doing a good job at Limerick but it's just trying to get that consistency more often uh, but Galway again look at Dale they're going into the final now um, you know 
they've had a, cons- a very strongly campaign uh, and some of their younger girls like Carrie Dole and Ailish O'Reilly who's fierce experience at this stage and Eve Hannafy a girl who's been on the fringes in the last couple of years they all had big games yesterday they'll be looking to get one over on Kilkenny the last couple of years Kilkenny seemed to just do enough against Galway um, so Galway Do you think they have a, a real chance or is it, would getting to the final be kind of a huge uh, would that be enough for them almost? No I think they, they winning this league will they need to win something in the league um, you know to progress on for championship I think obviously Kilkenny are going to be going for the four in a row but Galway haven't beaten a Kilkenny or, or a Cork in the last three four years they need to do this uh, you know the last time they were in the final was 2015 and they won it that year so look at they they need to build on this semi-final now but uh, Kilkenny will still be going in as, as favourites into the final uh, I know we're, we're here to talk about I guess the final but also like I think Wex, the state of Wexford Camogie has been the big talking point for a lot of people in this league like what what can you tell us about what's happening there at the moment it, well, the, the, the game didn't go ahead no, over the weekend either and look at I suppose unfortunately Wexford Camogie are hitting the headlines for the wrong reasons again and yesterday you know the relegation playoff against Offaly didn't take place now being honest um, I don't think a relegation match should have been there shouldn't be the option of a playing on an AstroTurf pitch I think to be fair to both teams it should be only grass if the pitch wasn't playable both teams should have known in advance to travel into Dublin yesterday like that's just not on like um, but look Wexford have their management structure in place uh, Barry Kendi he was involved with a local Camogie team and he's got his backroom team now so look it's about trying to get things uh, back on track getting the best players that are available in the county playing and why are they struggling to do that because it's such a rich tradition there yeah, they and caught I a lot of people off guard or by surprise when they when they saw the headlines yeah like as in look what I, I'm still playing camogie within Wexford and look this local championship is fierce strong there's f- five senior teams in Wexford and there's only a point or two between it we've seen St Martin's reach the club final this year look there'll be a number of those going back into the setup but it's just trying to get you know the management structure right county board you know uh, sorted you know with you know professionalism and that and then you've got the players you have to try get you know building on the underage team so we won the Leinster minor final last year we've won senior schools this year you know it's trying to get the the underage players into the setup and giving them the experience but at the moment the more that the negativity has been associated with the team it's not exactly going to encourage younger girls to come into the into the setup but look Barry Kendi has a tough job in the next couple of months uh, but if if they if they get relegated in the league it's going to knock back Wexford again so um, Yeah it's like we were talking about earlier about awfully hurling I guess Wexford Camogie seems to be going through a similar kind of Yeah just what Ursula mentioned there she, she, she touched on something that it always makes my the hair on my back of my neck stand up is if you have a very strong local championship mm. it was always thrown at Galway Hurland that one reason why that long 28 year famine or whatever it was was because the clubs were so determined to win the county championship mm. that they didn't Antrim have the same problem, the same problem. Uh, that you know it's just so massive in those places and they let the county team slide because of it that they, they couldn't leave the rivalries at the door of the county dressing room and I suppose look at one of the things you know you can't we wouldn't be able to ignore with him extra is that when we won that three in a row it was a core group of maybe the same 10-12 girls and a lot of us that are maybe in our 30s now we're still playing club We some of us are still the standout players maybe yeah. some of the younger girls 
girls aren't stepping up to the mark and it's just trying to bring them up to that level because a core group of the team went all at the same, same time, time. Yeah. and when we were having that success maybe they were nearly ignoring or forgetting about the underage teams that Sounds needed like to <laughs> well I hope it's I, I hope it's not I think you'll have to make a comeback maybe no, I don't know about that <laughs> just looking at the football wheel uh, next week the games are unreal the game's coming up, uh, a, a, a Connacht derby between Galway and Roscommon, possibly a preview of the Connacht final. Monaghan v Cavan, a relegation derby. Loser probably, that goes down. Would it be right, Connor? Yeah, loser probably. A repeat of the All-Ireland final, Dublin, Tyrone. And Kerry Mayo. Mayo have lost to the two teams they didn't need to lose to, Galway and Dublin. And now they get the third team they don't need to lose to. But the game I'm looking forward to, really, and we're going to send Connor to because he's had two bad ones in the last two weeks. You may as well have the hat-trick. Go on. And, an absolute peach in Division 2, our man for mana. No, now, you talk, <laughs> you talk about Kilkenny and Cork not winning to win that Hurland match. These two will be trying. These two will be trying like hell because for mana go up if they win. It's an outrageous story. They'll be in Division 1 of the league. It's fabulous. They're playing a different sport to everyone else as well. They're the game could finish five points to four. No, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. That's, ambi that's ambitious it's even. Sorry, 4-3, is that better? It's, it's <laughs> an amazing thing for a team to be top of Division 2 unbeaten and I think they're averaging something like 11 points, points a game. A game. Yeah, they've, they've the lowest scored and the least the conceded. conceded. So yeah, yeah it's, it's some sort yeah, of. And really actually, the, the interesting thing is that Mead go to Mead go to um, Clare. Clare on Saturday. Yeah. And if they don't win, they have Fermanagh at home oh, on the last day of the season to get this promotion that Mead have been. Chasing. And they play out a nil-all draw and they both go up. But it's, it's not even that. It's no, no, just that's that, happening this week. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine the stress of needing to beat Fermanagh the way they're playing football oh. at the moment? Because eventually these teams kind of you can figure yeah, them out. But yeah. at the moment, nobody really seems to know how to figure out Fermanagh. Well, yeah. there'll be plenty of football to talk next no, week. Connor's going to it. He'll enjoy it. After all the trauma of the last fortnight, he'll really enjoy that one. Cheers, John. Well, guys, thanks for coming in this week. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks. That's all we have time for on the throne this week in association with Allianz. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to review all those football and hurling games. And in the meantime, you could subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next Monday, thank you for listening and goodbye. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.